0: Turn to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 15. There's a phrase in this, in chapter 15, that I want to get a hold of, and I want to build a message around that, because it really hit me that we sometimes are going to do this. As a child of God, there's, you're going to face these times in your life. And I understand that, and we, we need to get a hold of it. We need, I told them in Sunday school this morning, we need to prepare ourselves. You need to get really rooted in the word of God and get yourself prepared because there's going to come times the devil is going to come after you, the world's going to come after you, your flesh is going to come after you, the enemy is going to come after you. You've got to make sure who you are is being broadcast to the world. Like Paul said, nevertheless, I will stand for him. All the persecution may come my way. Paul said, "I, I stood alone and no man stood with me. I'm standing for God. I believe we need to get to the point where we stand for God no matter what this world stands for. Amen. And as a church, we rally together to help each other out. Now, you, you, anybody see that show, The Missing Link, The Weakest Link? Yeah. I, I don't want to be a weak, the weakest link. I don't want to be the weakest link. And how do you keep from being the weakest link? You get more into the Word of God. And God will make sure you become strong enough. Amen. We're living in a horrible time in this world today. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. If you read the book of Jeremiah, you'll understand that. Because we're living the same things that Jeremiah went through. We're facing the same things that Jeremiah faced. And we need to make sure they were right. Jeremiah chapter 15. Verse number 15. He said, O Lord, thou wilt thou knowest I'm glad the Lord knows you say what he knows he knows everything he knows everything you say preacher there are things that's going on in my life I can't tell anyone the Lord knows (laughs) the Lord knows you say preacher there are things of such personal nature in my family in my home even in my mind in my heart I just couldn't tell anyone. Yes. whether well, there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And you can tell him and he already knows. He wants to tell everyone else. I, I love it when you come to the Lord with all this burden in your heart and you don't want to tell anybody else. And you go to the Lord and tell the Lord. He's not going around and telling everybody else behind your back. He's going to keep it in himself, and he's going to reach out and try to help you with your situation. He said, the Lord thou knowest. I mean, just let's just be honest with, with each other tonight. We've all either had a friend that told something that they should not have told that you said. Amen. You either had that friend, or can I say you were that friend that told something that you shouldn't have told that was told to you. Amen let's be honest we don't like to keep secrets if you want to keep a secret don't tell me I'm just going to be honest I'll tell everybody I don't hold back but we've all had friends that would say something that was told to them that they should not have said but I'm glad the Lord is not that kind of friend he said oh Lord thou knowest remember me And visit me, and revenge me of my persecutions. Persecutors. Take me not away in thy long suffering know that for my sake, I have suffered rebuke. He said, "Revenge me. You don't have to constantly trying to take pot shots at people that are out to get you, people that talk about you. If you're living for God, you don't have to constantly have to berate people and jump down people's throats or the favorite saying around here, I'll drop kick you. You don't have to defend yourself every time somebody does something you just don't like because you're living for the Lord, you're living for Him. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. The prophet said, The Lord is going to revenge me of my persecutions. Thy word were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I sit not in the assembly of the mockers, nor rejoice. Here's the message. Here's the message. I sit alone. Because of my thy hand, for thou hast filled me with indignation. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to touch our hearts, lift us up and encourage us. Lord, we pray that your spirit moves around. Lord, find those things in our life that does not need to be there. But help us to remind us ourselves that you are God. You are the God. The only way. There's not many ways. There's only one way to heaven. You said, I am the door. I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the light. You said, I am. Get our hearts and minds set in that fact that you are God. And we'll praise you. We'll love you tonight. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. If you read the life of Jeremiah, uh, the 52 chapters uh, in this book, you'll understand why they call Jeremiah the weeping prophet. Jeremiah has a lot to cry about. And not just in his own personal uh, uh, station of life, in his own personal ministry, even though he cries about that a lot, but we find that he has constantly crying over and over what's going on with the people of God the people that he's ministering to. He said early in the, in the book of Jeremiah, Oh, that by my head were waters and my eyes were fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughters of thy people. He said, man, I'm just crying all the time. I'm just crying all the time. I'm crying on what's going on. I'm crying on what's going on in life. Jeremiah's ministry tonight is a lonely ministry. We find several things about his ministry as we read this book. We find that he's called without consent. In chapter 1, uh, they said this about Jeremiah. The Lord said unto the called Jeremiah to go and preach. Jeremiah said, Lord, I am a child. I can't speak. I said the same thing when God called me. Lord, you made a mistake. I'm I'm not intelligent. I'm an uneducated man. I cannot speak. Lord, it ain't about you. It's about me. Jeremiah said, I'm just a child. I can't speak. And the Lord said, behold, I formed thee in thy belly. I knew thee. I have ordained thee to be a prophet. There are times in the Bible where it seems like God just picks somebody up and says, this is what you're going to do without consenting, without giving them the option. And that's what happens, Jeremiah. John the Baptist, the Bible said he was filled with the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb. God picked him. God chose him. It would be, Lord, please consent with me what you want me to do. But sometimes God says, hey, you're just going to do it Whether you like it or not, God called him. He called him without consent. He cursed him without cause. You'll find Jeremiah's life, they try to kill him over and over and over. They said, Lord, we need to kill this fellow. King, you need to get rid of this guy. They threw him in a pit, constantly telling the king, You don't need to listen to that man. Don't let that man talk because he's getting trouble. He's causing trouble in the land because he's speaking against the the things. Uh, He's a bad morale for the country. He's not doing good. You ought to kill him, King. You know why he's cursed? He's cursed simply for preaching the word of God. He spoke the truth. I, I found this... Bible preaching will get you a curse every time, every once in a while. Doesn't, everybody doesn't appreciate the truth. A lot of people just want their ears to be tickled. They don't want to know the truth. In the last days, the Bible said, after their own lust, they shall be heaped themselves to teachers, having itching, itching ears. In other words, tell us what we want to hear. Don't tell us what we need to hear. That's what's going on in jeremiah's day and that's what's going on in today's world today you don't got to get right god's going to send a group of people in here if you don't get right with god god's going to send somebody in here and they're going to wipe you out and all the other prophecy uh prophets were prophesying say hey don't listen to that guy, he don't know what's talking about, everything's good to go. You just keep doing what you do. Hey church, you just keep living the way you're living. You keep doing what you want to do. Turn the lights down low, put the music up and let the smoke ring. Just keep doing what you want to do. You ain't got to follow the word of God. Jeremiah said, that ain't the truth. They, they didn't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the truth today. You, you keep living that way, you keep falling that way, you'll find yourself up be serving the devil in the devil's hell. You can't keep walking in this country without the word of God. You're going to face in judgment. and judgment is coming. Let me say this. this is still the truth tonight, whether anybody likes it or not. The devil lived against the word of God, fought against the word of God. And those that continually break the word of God, you can count on it. Judgment is going to come your way. There's no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. Don't ex. <laughs> Don't expect God to turn a blind eye when you do things that you should not do. When you go to places you should not do. Uh, when you're not reading his word. You're not telling people about God. Don't expect God to turn a blind eye and excuse you for not doing what God has said to do. But here's the message tonight. He is consistently without companion. You realize reading Jeremiah, he only has two friends. I wish I'd had more than that. Throughout the entire book, they're not always with him, but Barak was the one that was around and that he wrote the words that Jeremiah spoke, the Holy Spirit laid upon his heart. He, he recorded those words. And then he had this other guy, an Ethiopian named Imbelach. Where Jeremiah was thrown down in the pit and the mire. And he went to the king and said, Lord, king, king, if we don't get him out of there, he's going to die. So they lowered the rags down and put it on his arms and raised him up out of that pit. But yet he has constantly served God in spite of the fact he doesn't have no friends in spite of the fact that he does not have companions, Je- Jeremiah is still serving God. He has no encouragement, nobody around him to say, hey, good job, keep it up, I, I like what you're saying. He has nobody around him to do that, but Jeremiah yet stills serve God. He says, Lord, I can't make it without you. Can I say this, and don't take this wrong, but if you lean too much on your wife or your husband, your families, sooner or later they're going to let you down. Yeah, yeah. Come on. But there will come a time where God will let you lean on them enough that you fall on your face and then you realize that the only one that you can count on, the only one that you can lean on is God. God said, I'll never forsake you, I'll never leave you. He's the one that you need to count on. God will get you to where you put a lot of things away in your life and you start leaning on him, learning to lean on him. You may not be always laying on them, but you can always lean on God. Can I say God is not satisfied playing second fiddle in your life? He's not satisfied. He's not satisfied playing second fiddle to anybody in your life. There are times that God will let you get into a lonely place. To help you learn to lean on him. To get you to a place where the song says, Though none go with me, I still will follow thee. No turning back. No turning back. Everyone in the building needs to make up their mind tonight. If nobody else goes, if nobody else walks, if nobody else stands, I'm not turning back. I'm not turning back. We've got too many today that was giving up on the faith of God. If my wife quits, if my husband quits, if my family quits, if my friends turn their back on me, when the smoke clears and everything clears up, I'm still going to be standing for God, serving God. I'm going to be walking with the Lord. I'm going to keep serving the Lord. Every one of us needs to get into their heart and mind tonight. I'm in this regardless of the people around me. If they serve God or not, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm serving God. I find that's one of the biggest temptations in life today, especially the young people today. And I find it in some adults today. That is the peer pressure. Well, uh, I'm not going to do it unless somebody else does it with me. I'm not going to go unless somebody else goes with me. I can't do it unless somebody else does it with me. You just might as well go go ahead and get in your head and throw that out the window when it comes to serving God. Just make your mind up. If anybody else does not whether my friends do, whether my family does, whether my wife, my husband does, I'm going to keep serving God. I have set alone. He was consistent without companions tonight. Can I say companions are wonderful to have? It's good to have someone to sit on a church pew with you tonight and worship and praise God. But there are some people that sit on a church pew and they're sitting by themselves. They don't have anybody to worship with. They don't have anybody that keeps them coming back each service. But yet they find them sitting in abused pews by themselves Sunday, Sunday night and Wednesday night. Why? Because they have made their mind up that they're going to serve God whether anybody else around them they're going to serve God if I have to sit on the church pew by myself and worship and praise God, praise God, I will do it. I've made my mind up that I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to serve God. So why why does Jeremiah feel that he's all alone? Why, Why does Jeremiah feel like he's sitting alone? When you're sitting alone, you have to realize why you're sitting alone. Jeremiah realized why he was sitting alone in verse 17. He said, I've sat alone because. This is the reason why I have been ostracized. This is the reason why I'm sitting alone. It is because of thy hand. Why am I, why am I sitting alone? God has chosen that I sit alone for this reason. Because of thy hand. Notice the first part of 17 says, he makes a contrast. I sit not in the assembly of the mockers, nor rejoice. This is what Jeremiah is saying. He's saying, if I want the hand of God in my life, I can't sit with them. I can't walk with them. I cannot be with him. If I want the hand of God to be on me, there are some people that I cannot run around with. Amen. Amen. And we need to make our minds up today. I I want the hand of God on my life. I want the hand of God in my life. I want to be the presence of God. But God has told me, there are some people that you need to stay clear of if you want my hand on you. Jeremiah said alone because he said that there's some people that wants the hand of man instead of the hand of God. Can I say that I've made my mind up? I want the hand of God on my life. There are, there are some that rather have the hand of the job on their life. Some that uh, uh, I want the hand of a, a big house. I don't care what it costs, a car, whatever. They, they want the things of the world on them instead of the hand of God. I've not been able to sit in some places or go to some places, but I have enjoyed the hand of God because I didn't go to the hands of those places. Because I don't sit on the bar on Saturday night. I get up on Sunday morning and come to the house of God and I feel the presence of God and I feel the power of God because I don't go there and do that anymore. I'd rather have the hand than anybody else in the world tonight in my life. He said, I'm not with the tr- assemblies of the mockers. And David said in Psalms 1:1, Blessed, happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He said, if you want to be a happy man, if you want to be somebody that's happy, you want to enjoy your life living for God, here's how you got to do it. This is what David said. This is how you got to do it. You just can't sit with those people. You just can't do it. If you want the presence of God in your life, there are some people that you cannot hang around with. You cannot sit there. And Jeremiah says, I sat alone because of thy hand. Paul even said there's some people that you can't hang out with. There are wolves coming in. There are deceivers that are coming in. Just because they claim to be a Christian, that doesn't really mean anything today. There are certain people you need to make your mind up. I can't sit with them. I can't sit with them and enjoy the hand of God. I either got to make my mind up. What do I want in my life? Them or the hand of God. Paul said, I made my mind up. I want the hand of God in my life. I find this amazing what the Bible said in verse 19. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, if thou return, then we'll bring thee again and thou shalt stand before me. And if thou take forth the precious from the vow, thou shalt be as my mouth. God is speaking to his people saying, if you get right with me, you get back to me. And We know that God has done told them, if you don't get right, you're serving false gods, you're going the wrong way. And if you do that, judgment has come upon you. But if you repent and come back to me, God says, I will be with thee. I'll take you in. Watch what he tells Jeremiah. Now, I love, Get this in your mind. I love what he tells Jeremiah. He told those, hey, if you want my hand, you got to come. But he tells Jeremiah, look at what he says, Jeremiah. Let them return unto thee, but return not thou unto them. What he said is, Jeremiah, Christian, get this in your mind. Hey. He said, they need to come back here. You don't need to go out there. You stay right here. You stand where it's at. You stand where I tell you, if you want the hand of God, you've got to stay where God has placed you and God said, don't go to them. Let them come to you. I find it amazing that churches today have dropped their standards. He says, Jeremiah, don't you move. Don't move. Stand where you're supposed to stand. Let them return, but return not thou unto them. Dropping your standards, meeting people halfway, they're living a carnal life in a world. You stand where you're supposed to stand. You stand where God said to stand. But the world says, I want you to walk with me. I want you to sit with me. But I'm not going to where you're going. You're going to have to come to where I'm at. See, that's the the problem with the world churches today. The churches have lowered their standard to meet the world outside. They've gone outside and invited the world to come in. They lowered their standard. They dropped their standard in music. They dropped their standard in service. They dropped their standard in preaching. They dropped their dress code. They dropped all this. And now they cannot get back to the standards of God. And God says, hey, that's not what I'm saying. My standard shall not change. Stay where you at. And when you lose the standard of God and you pick up the standard of man, you'll no longer have the hand of God in your life. And that goes for every one of us tonight. Instead of holding the standards high and preaching the word high and demanding that we ought to have high standards, but instead we have lowered the lights and put the smoke screen in I, I, I don't get me wrong, I, I don't know, I can't find Bible, I, yeah, I can find Bible, I'm going tell you the Bible right now. Bible says present your best. When you come, you, brunk, you come as your best. I understand some people's best is not as good as everybody else. You look around, I'm the only one like this. I'm the only one like this. I don't argue that, but what would you think if I got up here in blue jeans, cut down right here, shirt hanging down like this, V-neck, and got some tattoos running all over me, what would you think if I stand up or preaching to you, like, looking like that? I, it, it, it gets to me to the point where we got preachers that, that lowered the standards of self, oh. lower the dress standards in the pulpit, and said, Come, world, come. And the world says, No, we don't want to come there. We don't want to we don't wanna do that, but so now they're saying, Well, we'll meet you halfway. We'll drop this standard, we'll drop that standard, and just so that you come in and feel like you are love, feel like you're wanted, and feel like you've been a part of it. But God said, You cannot drop the standard. But we've dropped it. Yeah. That's good, I'm telling you what, God told Jeremiah, Don't you go to them. Mm-hmm. If we were living in the same condition that Jeremiah lived in, they hated God. They wouldn't serve God. They turned their back on God. Can I say that resembles the world that we live in today? They hate God. They turned their back on God. Don't want to worship God. But yet the churches seem to get full of people every day, over and over, things that just doesn't look like God. We've dropped the standards. Jeremiah, don't you move. You stay right where you're at. Church. Do not move. You stay right there and let them come and meet God's standard. I know it's hard standard to beat, but we keep trying to meet the standards of God. Amen. Amen. He said, Jeremiah, you stand exactly where you're at. You don't go out to them. Let them come back to you. And And if they do come back to you, Jeremiah, and if they do come back in, if they do repent and get right with God, God says, I will be with them. They took the thing that was precious, the word of God, and vowed it up. Let me say this. I don't always live up to my preaching, but I never bring my preaching down to where I'm living. You you get that? I I don't always, sometimes I, I stumble on what I preach on, but I'll never bring my preaching down to where I live at. The preaching has a standard. Your life needs to have a standard. And, and I've said, Lord, I, I can't make it, but I know that you'll help me. And we need to bring our living up to the s- preaching standards. I'd rather choose the hand of God than the hand of the world. And Jeremiah says, that's, that's why I'm standing alone. I, I chose the hand of God in my life. That's why I'm sitting alone. You feel like you're sitting alone sometimes in this world because you chose the things of God and not the things of the world. Amen. Can I say this? The only time you feel happy at peace is in the house of God. Because as soon as you go out in the world, as soon as you go into work, as soon as you do all those things, the world starts bombarding you with the things that are not of God, and it wears you out. I get weighed down. I turn on my TV. I get so upset about it. I want to throw things at it. Because what it's doing is it's bringing down the world. It's bringing down the world on top of me, and I don't want it. I want the hand of God on it. So there's some things that I've got to stay away from, in order to have the hand of God on my life. He says you got to recognize why you're sitting alone. There's a reason why you sit alone. Because you'd rather have me than them. And he says uh, you need to recognize where your food is. If you're going to be in solitary confinement. If you're going to be needing some, something to eat. If you get locked up. And you're all by yourself. It sure would be good. To have something to gnaw on. Something to eat on. You need to stay healthy. The Bible tells us where we can find the food. Where is it at? In verse 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. Yeah. Bible said in Ezekiel and the Revelation, God gave them a roll to eat, which was the Word of God. and They ate it, and it says, it was sweet to my lips, but bitter to my belly. We know where to get the food at. We know where to get it at. The spiritual man enjoys the sweetness Word of God. The carnal man Whose God is their belly, the Bible said it's bitter to him. He says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. Thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. What am I going to need in my time of sitting alone? You're going to need some nutrition. You gotta come out of your loneliness, stocked up in the Word of God. With some of the greatest stories I've ever found and read and heard, where people were finding joy and rejoicing in the scriptures, where people who were in lonely times that had nothing. Howard Ruffledge was a captain, a fighter pilot in Vietnam. He was shot down. And over there, when you got shot down, you became a prisoner. It was horrible conditions. They beat him. He only ate what he could find. He was crawling around on the ground. That's the only thing he would eat. And he was in a four-by-four four prison cell with the bamboo poles just brought him in. He couldn't do anything. And as he was in there, and the days after days and weeks after weeks, and he finally looked at the guard and asked him to. Please get me a Bible. I've got to have the word. I've got to have the Bible. And the guard said, it doesn't mean anything to me, but I'll give you one, but I'm going to only let you have it for three weeks. Three weeks. So Captain Ruffler said, I took that Bible. I opened it up, and I started eating it. Every moment, every day, I opened that Bible, and I ate it. I read it, I digested, I lived that Bible and it became nurturing to me and it nurturing my soul. He said, the only way I got through what I was going through is because I ate the word of God and it became rejoicing and I rejoiced in the word of God. Yeah. The only way that you're going to get through your darkest time in life is have the word of God in yeah. your life. Yeah, Amen. Yep. Thank you. Praise God. Y'all, I talked about Pearl Harbor this morning. Let me say it another thing. Joseph DeSager. He, he He was one of the 80 men that went out on the Little run. Anybody know what the little run? I ain't going to tell you. You're going to have to go look it up. He was one of the 80. And he was a bombardier. He was one of the 80 that was went. And, 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 and he said, I knew that we were going to go. There was going to bomb. And he knew that we're not going to have enough fuel to get back. I know this is a one-way trip. Yet he went anyway. As he went, they dropped their bomb load and he said they were heading back and all of a sudden they started receiving fire and the plane caught fire and they had to crash. He said several uh, survived him, but when they pulled us out, the captain and the lieutenant and some of the others, they just executed him right there. He said, I don't know why they saved me. But they took him. They put him in a horrible condition. Beat him. Couldn't do anything. And he said the same thing. I need a Bible. I need a Bible. They brought him a Bible. And he started reading the Bible. Three years from 42 to 45, that man was in prison in Japan. Horrible conditions. But he had the word of God with him. He said, I, I, I read it every day. I prayed every day and finally he got released and he went back to the States and as he was uh, going back to the States he, he remembered the Bible and he went to church and he got saved, uh, got working with God and then became a missionary. Guess where he went to be a missionary at? Back in Japan. Yeah. The people had put him in that misery for so many years. He's over there telling them about Christ, how he'll save him and he was on a corner one day and he's had these tracks out that was in Japanese about how God saves, how God deals with him. And he runs to this man that led the raid over Pearl Harbor and gave him a track. He said, this man surely must be saved. We put him in this condition, we put him under that. And as he's talking to him, he witnessed to him. Next thing you know, that Japanese pilot, pilot got saved. And they both start missionary work in Japan. Both of them going around telling them about God yeah. saves, God loves, yeah. God this. The man, that two people coming from two different worlds that fought against each other now they're coming together and they're serving God. Yeah, Amen. Thank you, man. How, you, I'm telling you, you can find story after story after story like that. You just get into the reading. Just God will show you these things. He, he said, God, in order for you to survive the times that you're going to have in your life and lonely times, you need to make sure you get nourished in the Word of God. The book makes a, a difference in lonely times in your life. Just find the book. You say, I, I don't know what it'll do for me. Well, I say, preacher, you've got a friend tonight. I may be sitting here with some people that feel like nobody understands them. Preacher, I I used to be a friend. I need a friend. If you're holding the King James Bible in your hand, you've got the greatest friend that you'll ever need in your life. The Word speaks to you. It's not a dead Bible. It's not a dead works. It's a live works. They're a spirit and they're life, Jesus said. It's a living book. Proverbs 6 and 20 says, My son, keep thy hands, Father's commandments, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thy heart. Tie them upon thy neck. Where thou goest, it shall lead when thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. And reproof and instructions are the way of life. This book is a guide. It will lead you where you need to go. When you ain't got a friend, you, you, you just say, hey. I have a friend that when you sleep at night, this book will guard you. It is a good friend. When you wake, it will talk to you. God has always talk to you. Is it that easy? I have proven in my life God will leave you. God will protect you. And when you need the word of God, he will speak it to you. Jeremiah got alone a lot in his life. He got alone in chapter 20. He said, then I said, I will not make mention of him. Nor speak no more in his name. Why, Jeremiah? Why are you not going to speak any more of his name? Because every time I say I speak in his name, people get mad at me. People get mad at me. People don't like preaching. People don't like to hear the truth. Jeremiah said, I'm not going to say another word in his name. I'm not going to preach in his name. But then he said, but there's word was in my heart as a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. I was weary and forbearing and I could not stay. I had to say something. There's something down inside of you that's burning this morning. You may be lonely, but there's a fire down inside of you to say, "Hey, I'm here. Don't worry about it. I've got it." Can I say this? No, I'm done. Rejoice in the one that is setting with you. Verse twenty. Now make thee unto the people a fence, brazen wall. And thou shalt fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee. Jeremiah said, I'm sitting alone. But he's not alone. God said, I am with thee. Verse 21, he said, to save thee and to deliver thee, and said the Lord, and I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem thee out of the hand of the terrible. I find in the book of Jeremiah, five times God says, I am with thee, I am with thee, I am with thee, I am with thee, I am with thee. Why does God tell Jeremiah that and he doesn't tell anybody else that? Why does God has to remind Jeremiah over and over, I am with thee." He didn't have to tell David that. He says, I just want to remind you you're not alone. I am with you. You see, I'm lonely. It's like what Jesus said. Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, "I am alone, yet not alone, for the Father is with me." He said, "All you're going to leave around. Y'all going to leave me? Y'all going to forsake me? But there's somebody that's not going to leave me." There's somebody's going to stay with me. The Father's going to be right by my side all the way. Paul said in 2 Timothy, At my first answer, no man stood with me. I love that verse. I love that verse. But all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it, it may not be laid to their charge Notwithstanding, nevertheless, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that the Gentiles might hear. Praise God. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. In spite of the fact no one stood with me, in spite of the fact they forsook me, in spite of the darkness that I was facing, in spite of the difficult that I was looking, I was facing death. In spite of that, I'm still serving God. I'm not giving up. I'm still serving God. You need to make your mind up now. I'm going to serve God. I don't care which way the world goes. I don't care which way my wife and my husband my family goes. I don't care which way they go. I'm going to stay straight and true, straight as the way and narrow as the way that leads to the path of righteousness, but I'm just going to stay focused on God. I'm going to serve God. There may come a time that you're going to have to give an account. To, they're going to come to you and pour you out of your house. Who do you love? Who do you serve? I'm just going to have to say, hey, I'm going to serve God. If you don't recant, you're going to die. Send me home now. Send me home now. Because I know it be absent from this body to be present with him. You say, well, that's going to happen. It very well may happen. It's happening in the world today. You've got it made here in this country. You go to a foreign country and say in the name of Jesus. See what happens to you. Amen. <laughs> Saudi Arabia, when people got saved, because war frightens people. People got frightened in Saudi Arabia. They built a makeshift baptism and they were baptizing people left and right because they're afraid of the enemy. Are they still saved today? I pray they are. I hope they are. But I'm sticking to God I, I know the horrors of this world I know what it's like to this world I know the heartaches that comes our way I know we face trouble I know we face ordeals that we just blows our minds up but I'm going to still serve God God has been faithful to me God has brought me this far and if God has brought me this far He's going to take me home Amen, and that's exactly where I want to go—is home. You say we ain't home down the road. It's this physical home, this worldly home, but it ain't my heavenly home. I've got a place. Jesus said, "I go to prepare a place, and if I go to prepare a place, I come again and receive it where I am, that you may also be." Praise Lord, He's coming back. He's coming back. Paul, uh, Jeremiah said, "I said alone." You're going to have to sit alone sometimes in this dark world. You're going to be sitting down by yourself. You, and you say, well, I'm never alone. i got people around me. I, I don't care how many people you have around you. You still may be sitting alone. Because everyone around you don't believe the same way you believe. Amen. You can go to Walmart be all around it. People up there, not one of them will say anything about Christ. You're alone. You're alone. We're living in a world today that when you sit down, I'm alone, but yet not alone. I have the Father with me. I have the Father with me. I don't know about you, but I love sitting with the Father. I want the hand of God in my life, and I don't want the things of the world in my life. I want the hand of God in my life. Amen.